Hello and welcome to Movie Club with John and Becca. I'm John. I'm Becca. With her mouthful. I'm eating a cupcake. Which cupcake <clears throat> are you eating? I'm eating the lemon business cupcake. Lemon business. All and business. what was the what was the peanut butter one called? Peanut butter bonanza. Peanut butter bonanza mm. is what I am about to eat. Hang on, let me let's see how it is. I'm eating red velvet. The lemon one has stuff in it. I know. Ooh, the peanut butter banana is really good. Okay. What is a red velvet called? <clears throat> red velvet. Red velvet. Gold. So, <laughs> we are here today to talk about the movie, the masterpiece, Working Girl, with our guests, Jason and Lisa Eaton. Hello. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Thanks for... Recording because we're we are we came over Thanks to your for house. Thanks feeding us. Yeah, we came over to your house. We had some dinner. We watched some Working Girl, and now we're eating cupcakes and drinking more wine. And we're going to talk about this movie. Mm -hmm. So Working Girl. So I feel like I have to say that the reason we're doing this. Okay. First, we did Die Hard two. <laughs> that was the last episode you guys were on. And. We talked about Bob's Burgers. The reason we're doing a sitting duck. <laughs> the reason we're doing Working Girl. Wait, a sitting duck. Wait, what is that? That's from Die Hard too. That is from Die that Hard. That was that was the part that we kept joking. Yes. About. It's like, what do I, what, what do, do I look, look like? like? A sitting duck. Bang. That's, yeah, that's literally all. Of, that's all you need to know. About Robert that. Patrick's one-liner. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now I remember. I don't remember that at all, but I believe you. Um, I feel like the reason we're doing Die, or die Hard too. God damn it! I'm just gonna keep talking about Die Hard. The reason we're doing Working Girl is because of Bob's Burgers. Because Bob's Burgers has an episode where they mashed up Working Girl with Die Hard, and it is sublime. And it's the second or first best episode of Bob's Burgers ever. Yeah, it's 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 literally. So good that I listened to the the music that they created for it. <laughs> I like was I would so any happy other song. when they put out the soundtrack for the show. Yes, I was so happy. <laughs> it's on heavy rotation to this day <laughs> in my car. It's ridiculous. So they call Working Girl the what sassy sister movie to Die Hard. Yes, I had never seen Working Girl. Right, and you've seen I, it. I saw it when I was younger okay. because I watched a bunch of movies above my age range right. when I was pretty young. And it's not like this movie's got a lot of swearing or sexuality or anything in it, but it's definitely not a movie a child would enjoy. It's not like So yeah, I remember a, seeing it, but I didn't remember anything about it. It's definitely not a movie for like a child, but not in the same way that like Lethal Weapon's not a movie for a right. child. It's just a, not a movie for a child because a child wouldn't give a shit about like mm -hmm. Melanie Griffith's plight. They both literally came out in 1988. Die Hard Die and Hard. Working Girl. I just looked it up. Oh, wait, Die Hard? Mm -hmm. The first Die Hard was in 88? Yep. No shit. Yep. That's incredible. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, I'd never seen Working Girl. So that episode of Bob's Burgers that we're going to keep referencing this entire episode, like, I didn't get the references. I got all the Die Hard references, but I didn't get the Working Girl references. And it just weirdly meshes together... In in the context of Bob's Burgers, I yeah, mean, like you don't watch Working Girl and think, "Holy crap!" Like this ooh, is a shared hard. universe, yeah. right? But because of Bob's Burgers, they are now completely linked in my like brain. I can't, yeah, I'm not ever gonna be able to separate Working Girl with Die Hard ever. <laughs> like even Die Hard, Die Hard's a movie that I love so near and dear to my heart. Well, it, for, they have interesting, you know, similarities and differences. Mm -hmm. So they're they both came out in the same year, so they're both super fucking 80s. Very 80s. They both take place in big high, cities. Basically high-rise mm -hmm. um businessy buildings in a very businessy environment and they take place in like major coastal cities on yeah. the opposite sides of the country. Yeah. And they both really do share the same type of personnel like the yeah. the mm -hmm. upward They've got the like businessy yeah. Like yuppie. Mm -hmm. And like cocaine-y. Yeah. Cocaine-y, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Weird. Fucking Kevin Spacey's in this movie for five seconds playing Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah, he's playing weird. like straight Kevin Spacey. Like he's just yeah. being super duper creepy to Melanie Griffith and doing a bunch of coke and that was... Being lecherous. Lecherous, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, she and, sprays and, him with champagne and then gets out of his limo. And the weird thing, like, if you start thinking about the similarities between the two, like, the the 
pregnant lady in Die Hard and the other secretary type women characters that sit there in Nakatomi Plaza, <laughs> like they kind of are interchangeable with they, all they of really the women. They really are. They are. It's like holy shit! Like, yeah, you could totally gel the two casts together. Absolutely. And it would work. Fucked <laughs> up. And, and amazing. And whoever damn it. whoever writing Bob's Burgers like whoever thought of that is a weird genius. Yeah. Yeah. Um but so let's talk about Working Girl. <laughs> it's a boat, a boat that is a ferry. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Working Girl. I enjoyed it. It's a very like 80s movie, but it's a pretty like uh it's it's like s- Fairly timeless and, like, fairly cliched at the same time. I was just going to say, it feels like the, I don't know, I guess the general plot is something that could still happen, but so much of it is, like, when you watch Friends or Seinfeld and you're like, this whole problem could be solved by modern day technology. Yeah. Yeah. Like, at one point, we're watching it and Jason just goes, I can't believe no one has cell phones. (laughs) Well, and when she was like, I'm going to send a messenger over with the outline for our meeting. I'm like, they don't have email. Yeah. You can't just email that. There's no fax. Yeah. There's nothing. And I mean, it's the late 80s. Didn't some people have cell phones? Like, wouldn't they have like the big brick ones, but still nobody had them in the movie? I think... Those big giants... Or like pagers? Did they do pagers I think the huge... Cell phones and even pagers, I feel like that's still very, like, early 90s. I don't huh. think, like, 88 is when they had that stuff. Not prevalent, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. It's kind of weird. It's crazy to think about sending a messenger to somebody just to give them the notes for the like, meeting. Yeah, even like, if, why like, don't you just fax? give him your five bullet points over the fucking phone and he can write them down? Like, was fax that much of a 90s thing? Did that not exist in, like, 88? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I fax guess. is just phone lines and printers. Yeah, but I guess it, like, I feel like if it existed, they would have been using it. Because it's like, I'm fast, so annoyed fast-paced, that... high, you know, high-tension high Wall Street bullshit. Yeah. I hate that fax still exists. <laughs> <laughs> it's so annoying when you have to fax something now. Like, this is fucking It feels like dinosaur technology. Yeah. If you ever had to fax something to, like, your insurance company, like, you're can like... can I just take a picture yeah. of it and text you? Like, Jesus I have an app Christ. on my phone. what I do. I have yeah. an app on my phone that I can take a picture of and it turns it into a PDF immediately and I can yep. email you the PDF. Why do you need a fucking yeah. fax? My doctor's office had to fax my referral to a different doctor's office and they fucked it up so they still don't have my referral. It's not like fax like, automatically Like, I'll just bring means- it there. God, how hard is this? It's not like faxing means it's notarized. Like, what's the point? I don't know. Email seems so much easier, but anyway. Bureaucracy. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> and there's a record that it happened. Yeah. Well, I like just the arch characters that are in this movie. I mean, you've got the Tra- Mr. Trask, who's like the kindly billionaire mm-hmm. character who's incredibly accessible for some fucking weird reason. And then and like the nicest person in the movie. Right. And then you've got the like country bumpkin I was moonshining and then I got rich in radio for some weird ass reason guy. Like with the Colonel Sanders beard. Oh who's just yeah. like I say, I say I'm gonna the- sell you my company like <laughs> what? Late late game in those movies suddenly Colonel Sanders and like that skeleton is just in there. And I didn't understand like how they I, fit in with, like, Trask's... Because they talk about Trask the whole movie, and you're like, ooh, he's like a magnate. And then yeah. you finally see him, and you're just like, he's just like a nice grandpa, and well, he's got a goddamn frog leg I still don't understand what, um, what anyone does for a living. Like, what any of their jobs are, including Trask. What kind of company is that? I, yeah. They're just some company that wants to go into... TV. Oh yeah, that's literally all I know is that but what did, wants to go into what did TV. They he do? wants to go into broadcast. I yes. Guess. I but what do they do? The... Like, are they a newspaper company? I don't know. And the weird delineations, like, well, I work in mergers and acquisitions. For who and how and what? Yeah. Like okay. what? So I work. I currently am like a, a video production person for a financial publication in Baltimore, and all we do is make promos for these services that sell basically like advice on stock buying and i've been here i've been at this job for over a year and i still don't fucking understand what the fucking (laughs) option is (laughs) like how to buy stocks what the difference between like put and put in call and selling and buying like all these terms that everyone throws around i'm like how are you making money off of this 
And I've asked that question a couple of times. And the answers I always get are just like, da, 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 da. yeah, the answers I get are like, I don't know, stocks. Stocks and stocks and stocks. We just look at stocks. Synergy. It, we all have. It all just seems like a bunch of bullshit. And I don't get how these jobs exist and how people actually make money off of any of it. I can't get over how much of a Guido Alec Baldwin is. <laughs> Alec Baldwin's in this movie. He's and he's gross. Awful. He's just super gross. And he's like, what about my feelings, bitch? Like, <laughs> yeah. what? Alec, like, fuck you. Alec Baldwin is, so, Alec Baldwin is, in this movie is doing, like, that one scene from 30 Rock when he's um, scaring Liz Lemon's dad. <laughs> when, like, Liz Lemon's dad comes to New York and she's and he's trying to, like... What was it? Uh, 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 oh, it was this Gentleman's Intermission Gentleman's Intermission. That's what it was. He was having a Gentleman's Intermission and he was trying to fuck a younger lady. And the way she got him to go home was Alec Baldwin pretended to be an angry Guido on the phone. And we called her dad and he was like... He was like you don't think my daughter's good enough for you? That's and right. that's what Alec Baldwin was doing in this goddamn movie. Like, like that was his character in the movie Working Girl. Like, like he was earnest about it. Yes. <laughs> he had, like long, gross, greasy hair that was slicked back. The Saint Christopher medal or whatever. His chest back. hair was prominent yeah. every single scene. He was holding a pizza like a psychopath. <laughs> like, he was holding a pizza. Like he was holding a pizza like a basketball on your hip. Yeah. But it's an entire pizza like box. Like an entire pizza in a box, like horizontal on his hip that he's just holding, like, on one side. Yeah. Like, I would instantly just, like, probably tip my hand up a little and then the whole pizza would like, slide down. Like the, and that pizza cardboard. Yes, the pizza structure. The grease is going to yeah. disintegrate the cardboard and the whole thing's going to fold. Because you're putting pressure on it to your hip. <laughs> Movie making 101. Pop department. Not doing a good works. job. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Harrison Ford doesn't show up for like forty-five minutes, <laughs> and then he's, he's like first doing, build, and then he's doing like a weird impersonation of a human. Yeah. Okay. So this is a thing that I could not get past in this movie, and I realized I like that you didn't notice what I just did at all. What did you do? There was a gnat in your wine. What? I got it for you. She debugged it. Thank you. It's a feature. You're welcome. I can drink it now. I would have drank it anyway. Now it's safe. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Someone talk while I do Harrison <laughs> Ford is in this film, and he shows up 45 mm-hmm. minutes late. He's first build. It goes Harrison Ford, Sigourney Weaver, and then Melanie Griffith. Which also, by the way, I didn't recognize Melanie Griffith. Like, really? Yeah. Huh. Like, I don't. Like, I guess I'm used to 90s Melanie Griffith, where like I guess she's thinner. She had a lot of like baby fat in this movie, which I think it was just all the hair. But yes, okay. There was a lot. Definitely. Of hair. Yeah. There was Are a lot of hair. Are you thinking of Michelle Pfeiffer? No, not, no, I'm not thinking of Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay. I don't... Okay, what else think of like has nine, Melanie Griffith been that in? That movie with Nicolas Cage where he's an angel. I'm Cherry 2000. Oh, I'm not wait. thinking of Goldie Hawn. <laughs> Cherry, 2000. <laughs> Cherry 2000. No, the movie with Nicolas Cage where he's an angel and she dies at the end. City of Angels? <laughs> yes, the City of Angels. National Is that Treasure. Melanie? Dark City. But also, okay, wasn't she in one of those Tom Hanks movies? Big. Oh, probably. You've got Mail and Sleepless in Seattle? Wilson. Wasn't that Melanie Griffith? I don't know. And also, who's the one who's like doing an orgasm? I'll have what she's having. Is that her? You've got wait. Is no. that her? Meg Ryan. <laughs> he's Meg got orgasms. Oh shit! Am I thinking of Meg Ryan? I you're think you're thinking of Meg Ryan. Ryan. I think that's her. In, what was uh, Melanie Griffith in? Cherry fucking two thousand. Okay, Jesus Christ! Anything else? Is that a, is <laughs> that a movie? I don't know. Yeah, what the fuck is Cherry two thousand? You guys don't know. All right, we're gonna do a podcast about Cherry. Do we need to? <laughs> no. I have no idea what this it's is. It's like a Mad Max movie, and she's like a tracker. I think I actually, now that you're saying it, I think mm. I thought that Melanie Griffith was Meg Ryan. But here's the thing. We were talking mm. about this while we are watching the movie. Another tangent, but a thing that we need to talk about, is how much lingerie was on display in this movie. Yeah, we got her girl. butt. I had no idea how often she was going to be in lingerie. Sigourney Weaver is in lingerie. There's so much 80s lingerie. And, like, Melanie Griffith's, like, body is... So not like what a woman's body is now in movies. Yeah, like like she looked like a real. She human. looked like a yes. real human. She, a human she looks body. like an act. She she looks like a human woman's body. Like and now I'm curious. So 
did women in the 80s treat lingerie differently where they just literally wore it out no matter what? They wore just it to like work. under their clothes. They wore it to a work party when they didn't plan on fucking anyone. Where women know. today. That's a good question. You don't just fucking wear it to work. You wear it when you're about to fuck someone. And like, you know 100% <laughs> you are. Yeah. Otherwise, why would you go through all that effort? Well, if this movie is teaching me anything. And I feel like every other like 80s movie that has lingerie in it, I mm. think it was like, what? Like, when was lingerie, as a concept, in, like, is that an 80s thing? I think it is. No. No. Well, I mean, the, like... I don't think well, I know is. garters are an older... Like, garters existed Yeah, I was wondering, decades. like, Those maybe, you know, 80s. they had to wear garters in the olden times because that's all they had. But then they invented the, you know, pull-up-all-the-way yeah. types of pantyhose. Yes. What so they did it, like, take a 80s. swing back in the opposite direction where it's like, no, now the garters are cool again. That's Let's just wear them shit. always for no reason. That's super high-cut shit. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that Christmas is super vacation. 80s. Like the, yeah, we were yeah. joking about Christmas Vacation. That's very 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, super high-cut, super high panties. Yeah. But, um... She really wasn't in much. Body double. Who, Melanie Griffith? Yeah. Something Wild by Amy Vice. Cherry 2000. What the fuck is Cherry 2000? It's a movie. About what? About, it's like, okay. A soda. Cherry 2000 means nothing to me. All right. In 2017, a a successful businessman (laughs) travels to the ends of the earth to find the perfect woman. It's always under his nose. When was this made? All right. In 2017? All right. Hang on. No. What year was it made? It was made in 87. (laughs) So it was a year before work. God, Jesus. It was a year before Working Girl. Cherry 2000 is a movie about a post-apocalyptic society where there's this dude who's kind of rich, I guess, and he has a sex robot, and his sex robot gets wet, and it breaks, and then he has to get a new one. Wait, the sex robot has... gets wet, but not... Shush. And <laughs> and there's like a CD you gotta pull out of her neck that's got like, her like brain in it or some shit. And I he has to go... He has to everyone go I'm can guessing by the look face. on your face, you to... haven't seen this I have movie. it on Blu-ray. <laughs> Why? So he has to... Because it's fucking... You didn't rip it yet because I don't have it on no, Plex. No, it's... No, I think it's ripped. I'm pretty sure it's ripped. Oh, maybe anyway, I just didn't know what it was. You so probably I didn't, didn't know it. what it was. It's I was fake. like, Cherry 2000 it's sounds dumb. It's so fucking stupid. And but now awesome. I want to watch it, It's though. awesome. It's like Mad Max. Um, so anyway, he has to hire <laughs> Melanie Griffith, who's a professional tracker, to go into like the wasteland where there's like a fucking warehouse full of sex robots but he has to grab the one that he wants but then he ends up I think falling in love with Melanie Griffith because she's an actual human being <laughs> ta-da what the fuck I don't know it is was a Cherry different... 2000 the name of the robot it's the name of the movie I don't I guess but I mean I think it was a cherry robot and the year 2000 <laughs> sounded awesome I don't remember I... I just remember it was an awesome movie that was on HBO like every five minutes and I was like yeah <laughs> she drives a Mustang or some shit so I'm straight up thinking of Meg Ryan yeah. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Meg Ryan of, was definitely, you've got mail. I'm because, pretty sure she was City yeah, of Angels. Yeah, Seattle and City of Angels. Yeah, but yeah she absolutely was. Shit. She yeah. was definitely well, that Harry made, and Sally or whatever the fuck. And when Harry, Harry met Sally. Sally. I haven't seen any of these movies. Neither have I. I've never I know I, about them. I feel like I saw some of City of Angels. For I know some the reason. plot of it. I don't know City of I know the spoiler. I remember watching and laughing so hard. The, the City of Angels is a movie about Nicolas Cage, who is an angel who comes to Earth and falls in love with Meg Ryan. Does he have he, to steal the Declaration of Independence? No. He has to decide to become human to be with her, and then the second he decides to become human and mortal, she gets hit by a bus and dies, and that's the movie ends. She's like on, on her gosh. bike. She's really? like biking down the street like she's, she's never like, been happy, and she's like, ha 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 ha. Yeah. And then like a giant a logging truck just smashes her. <laughs> I'd be mad if I saw that movie. funny. Oh, yeah. It's insane. I'm thinking of Meg Ryan. Apparently, I don't know who Melanie Griffith is, which explains why when this movie started, I was like, that's the main character? Okay, the beginning, so the first shot of this movie is Staten Island Ferry, and it's Joan Cusack, who is a national treasure. Yeah. With Melanie Griffith, and they're just, like, joking around. And what I was thinking was, where is, why are we focusing on these two women? Mm Mm-hmm. I did. I thought you were looking for Meg Ryan. I was looking for Meg Ryan. I was like, <laughs> I don't recognize either one. And then when I realized that Melanie Griffith was the main an entirely different person. And it, well, no, I didn't even realize that it was. Uh, you know, I was thinking of Meg Ryan until now. And just like at a certain point, I just thought, oh, she must have just. She must just look really different than what I'm thinking. The end. Anyway, I don't know. Anyway, I I just. <laughs> Just completely thought it was different. Joe Cusack was amazing. Joe Cusack was. Her hair was so tall. Let's. Her eyeshadow was two toned. Talk about the hair of everyone for one second. Bangs that kiss the sun. Crazy. 
crazy hair. Oh, so what was I calling it? S white. Oh, S S white effing. S white effing. So it's pretty pretty worrisome that this entire mechanism for I the mean, plot yeah. is creepy as fuck. It's well, like I feel like it was like realistic in a way I don't want to believe is realistic how instantly people invaded each other's privacy. Like as soon as Melanie Griffith got to uh, Sigourney Weaver's house, she's just like, I guess I'll hit play on her tape recorder. I yeah. guess I'll use all her perfume. Like why was she like, even listening? Did not to fucking any of that hesitate shit. for one second. No. Let me look through her emails. Did her, not hesitate. And, and then as emails, soon just as her personal computer. Well, yeah, whatever. Her <laughs> notes on her. her it, it looked like the an main email. Frame. The Nostromo. <laughs> yeah. And then Mother. towards the end when I don't remember. Oh yeah, Tess. What's Sigourney Weaver's name? Uh, Catherine. Yeah. So Tess leaves her like diary or like her you know her, like, like personal planner. diary day planner. Yeah. Um, on Catherine's bed, and she instantly is just like, "You left this." And, and then, then just opens, opens it up and starts reading every single starts page. reading it, yeah. No hesitation. So it's crazy because the the plot of the movie is Tess uh, becomes the assistant to Sigourney Weaver, who's like high-flying, I'm very, you know, uh, intimidating, big-in-charge woman boss. And Tess is like, here's an idea I have. And Sigourney Weaver, playing Catherine, she's like... That's a that's an interesting idea, but I don't think it'll work. And then she gets into an accident, and then Tess finds out that she was lying about the idea not working. She was just going to use the idea mm-hmm. herself. And at that point, I'm just like, oh, everything's in the right still. But then, mm-hmm. but then Tess just assumes her life, and that's that's where but it gets she into like really, the, she doesn't assume her not, life not she's assume not pretending life. she's Catherine, although she is wearing all of her clothes and that's kind of weird like she lives in her apartment but she's not all pretending to be Catherine. she's not pretending to be Catherine, but she does basically take over her job and like <laughs> that in itself isn't that isn't weird in my mind it's just that coupled with the whole i'm wearing your clothes and using your perfume and living in your apartment yeah where like there was just like there was a montage of her like live like living as the Gertie Weaver that we were like oh this is very single white female yeah <laughs> like this is kind of creepy, but I just I was uncomfortable with Sigourney Weaver being a villain. <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't expecting that to happen. But you saw I Cabin love, in the Woods. I just love that. a villain in that. Just, is she though? She's in the right. This just, is the job she had before she went to work for Wayland Utani. I just love that Sigourney Weaver is on vacation, five seconds into skiing, goes, yeah, breaks her leg, (laughs) and then goes to sexy party hospital. Hunk hospital. What the fuck? Hunk Hunk hospital. And then the next time we see her, she's in, like, party lingerie. (laughs) Still in the hospital, though. Mm-hmm. And, and like, like all the doctors are, all drinking, the doctors are champagne. drinking champagne, and there's like balloons everywhere, and like she's just like having a great time. She's like fresh at attraction. <laughs> it's crazy. That's really bizarre. <laughs> and then she inexplicably. I hope that's what the recovery is like after I get my carpal tunnel surgery. <laughs> <laughs> I also it, don't understand it why. It would be if you were in Europe, apparently. <laughs> and why do they like put her on a helicopter? Like that? What just fucking town car? When she from, came back? Yeah. Well, I think that was just because she was important. But she's not that important. I, I think, think she is, though. Is she? If she was that important, she would have had one of those big brick cell phones. But I don't know if those existed in 88. I think, I they, think did. they did. Did they? But no one else in this movie used them. I know. I was confused. I don't know. We'll have to look it up later. We'll look it up. We'll look, we'll look at when cell phones <laughs> were invented. <laughs> Slash mainstream. Oliver Platt was in this I, movie for three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Oliver <laughs> Platt was in this movie long enough to be a dick. <laughs> I also think it's really weird that the, when she meets Harrison Ford, ostensibly the first build main character, he, like, doesn't want to give his name and yeah, is like... like Let's just be humans. Let's. Yeah, like, like he he's acts like, like he's throwing off, like, the weight of the world, like... Yeah, he's, and he's fucking like, uh, Roman Holiday and has to pretend he's not. 
And he's also like his character is like beleaguered apparently. Like he's like sort like of he's like, down on his luck. Yeah, yeah like it, he definitely feels like weird. a lot more important at first than he ends up being. Right. Like he he yeah he ends up being kind of like a schlub, he's like a like, rich. Oh, he's just slub, like a guy. Like, he's just like a dude. Yeah. He's not like the yeah like beleaguered president of his entire company. Yeah. With the weight of the world on his shoulders. He's just some guy that does whatever the fuck their job is that I still don't understand. Like, I, like uh, suggests to other people that they buy things. Yeah, at, like at this moment, I could not tell you what Harrison Ford's job in this movie was. Mergers and acquisitions. No, that was Sigourney <laughs> Weaver, right? Oh, right, yeah, you're right. He was just like a middleman, basically. Mergers and acquisitions, He was like, sir. He was like, you go through me to get to Trask. Right. For some reason. But also, yeah, there's he like didn't work other... directly for Trask. No, he didn't. He was like a third party. He was just like a third party. It's like a fourth party. Yeah. It didn't make any sense. I just I just realized while we were watching the movie that I like, I don't, it's not, I feel like I guess I can't take him seriously because he's not in space or an archaeologist. <laughs> like, yeah, unless he has He's a, a normal a, dude in this I, movie I and I'm like, I don't it buy seems it. weird. I don't Seems like you're faking it. He didn't have much of a personality (laughs) in this movie to cling on to, like asshole or good guy or any, like he had no defining characteristics at all. And when you're like, you're introduced to him as a guy who like, maybe raped her? Well, that's what they make it feel like, but then that's not what happens. It's not what happened, but like, that's how you're introduced to him. He's like, kind of a creep. We're programmed. He takes off her dress. I feel like we're programmed to accept Harrison Ford as a charming rogue. No matter what. No matter what. Yeah, I agree. And as a 80s power businessman, there's no roguishness about that at all. So you're like, you kind of feel like he's neutered. Because you're like, there's yeah. no, there's no like. He's not roguish, but he's also not that charming either. Right. Like and trying to like, whip that shirt off. He doesn't undo the buttons on his cuffs of his so shirt. He's so awkward. Trying to whip his shirt off his hands. It's horrible. He's just very awkward. I hated it. <laughs> well, those women didn't. That scene was great. That was a different scene. Oh, the scene you're talking where he's like about to have sex with her? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There is he a, can't there... figure out how fucking shirts work. Why didn't they do another you take? You didn't unbutton the buttons yes. on your cuffs. Yeah, that's what I'm that's saying. That's how you get those shirts off. He just ripped it off like a monkey. He's just like, let me shake my hands a hundred <laughs> times and then eventually the shirt will shimmy off of me. There is also a scene where he stumbled over a line. And they there, complete, he, like, like a couple times in that scene, he stumbled over lines. I seriously think it was it's because, because they, were they were like shoving heroes or something into their faces. They probably didn't want yeah, to do any that, more like, takes of that. He in the corner yeah, of his mouth that bugged the fuck out of me. <laughs> For a whole scene. Ugh. He had Holy like shit. a monologue with like ranch dressing on his <laughs> yeah. cheek. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So he's not, yeah, he's not like a charming, sharky business guy. I don't know what he's supposed to be. And then he took a horse bath in his office. Yeah. I mean, that, okay, but that scene was, that was great. That, was, that, that was, was a good insane. scene. That scene had a good payoff. That scene that and the scene where payoff. the elevator doors were closing. And yes. He went like, like that was like, funny. Where he goes, me? Yeah. Those, that's like a fucking she says, Han what Solo she, Indian she says, shit. What if I just don't like maybe you? Maybe I just don't like you. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, me? And the doors <laughs> close. And you're like, yeah, all yeah. right. Like, that feels Harrison Ford. He's in his office putting, he takes his button-up shirt off, puts water on his armpits, and then dabs them with that same shirt. Yeah. And then grabs a new shirt out of a drawer like Don Draper. Yeah. But, like, couldn't he have a hand towel? A hand towel, right? No. I don't think so. It just, like, I mean, (laughs) I I hear Is he just going to throw that shirt in the trash? Yeah. That's what he's going to do. He's, uh, he's, uh, he lives in New York. That's what they do. They throw shirts in the trash. He goes to ten shirts a week. That shirt, that, that shirt, that scene, <laughs> that scene would have been kind of funny if, like, the blinds were closed, but the whole thing with, like, all of the women in his office watching him do that, and then they applaud at the end of that scene. Where he's like, where he's taking his shirt off and he gives himself a little bath. Yeah, I understand, but I don't understand what you're saying. I'm saying saying like this, if it it was just him doing that with no one watching, it would have been like kind of funny. But then like they add the whole thing where like his blinds are open and all the women in the office stop to watch and applaud. That made the scene really funny. And I thought that was a good scene. I thought that was like I thought that was a better scene I, than like most other scenes. With I don't him think in that would have been funny at all if the blinds were closed. I think the only joke was the women watching, which it was funny. I, I agree that it, would that have it been was funny. Weird, 
And I would have laughed awkwardly. <laughs> it was definitely better with the blinds open. Confusing. Yes. Trade of thought. But it is weird to see him in such a pedestrian role. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the, you know, like that's what I'm thinking is like, like you're Han Solo and you're Indiana Jones. I don't fucking care that you are trying to be a middleman for a mergers and acquisitions deal in New York in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's, I don't, what's like, I don't care at all. Like, also, you're the president of the United States. Like, so if you're not one of those three things, you feel like you're nothing. Well, and this was a very popular movie at the time, right? I mean, it's like a, you know, beloved classic, whatever. Uh, but, like, it's, it's a pretty dumb fucking film when you, like... <laughs> Sort of break it down. Like, I mean, I guess all films can be distilled into ridiculousness, but you're like, it's a secretary who, like, takes over her boss's job. Like, just what? There's not a lot going on in this movie. It's yeah. a con. The whole thing is like a single con that lasts an hour and a half. So, like, it reminds it's me. weird. It reminds me of another movie that we watched, Weird.Connect, but it reminds me of a movie that we watched for the podcast, How Did This Get Made? Um, fuck. Perfect. The yeah. movie Perfect with John Travolta and Jamie Lee Curtis. And the weird dot connect is that Carly Simon has a cameo in that movie. <laughs> there's a, there's a, a, but okay, so the, the movie Perfect, it's. Ooh, make this short. Oh, I'm going to make it short. <laughs> the movie Perfect is about John Travolta's like a failing, uh, 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 like newspaper writer. And he goes to be like an investigative journalist for this new trend of aerobics. It's an '80s movie. Um, oh! It's the movie that spawned the um, urban legend that Jamie Lee Curtis is a hermaphrodite. I, don't I know, know that. I know this movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Jamie I never Lee saw it. Jamie Lee Curtis had to wear a cod piece. There's a lot of like high cut fucking leotards. Because she's like wearing high cut leotards and doing a bunch of like thrusting aerobics, <laughs> and so they had to give her a cod piece so you wouldn't see her camel toe. Oh my but God, then people movie. saw the movie and they're like, she's got a dick. So like that's why the whole urban legend of Jamie Lee Curtis is right. Tangent. Anyway, it's like I mean it's a terrible movie, but it reminds me a little bit of this movie because it's like it's a movie from it's a movie in the eighties. From the 80s, set in the 80s, takes place in, like, New York. It's all about, like, like New York life. It's, like, about New York 80s lifestyle. And it's structured in a way that's just very, like, meandering. Like, there's barely a plot to that fucking movie. There really is no plot in Working Girl. And there's barely a plot to Working Girl. And both movies feel like the people who are making them were, like... Isn't it interesting how these people are high-powered and live in New York and it's the 80s? And, maybe like, that's, that's what the thing was? Well, maybe that's something that was more interesting in the 80s to yeah. see. That's why like, maybe it's more interesting for them then and, that, than it is for us that's now. What it's I mean. like, like, all right, you like, have a wow, fucking job, just like the rest of us. Yeah, people exactly. in high-rises with computers. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I, and now we're, like, big fucking... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, we're watching Working Girl, I'm like, New York sucks. It's just like, <laughs> I've been to New York, and I'm fucking over it. Like, I'm not impressed by it. But I guess in the 80s, people were impressed by New York. Like, when Why? you see, like... Why do you think? Because it's, because it's what you're saying. Like, internet didn't exist, you know? You see a movie where it's like... High rises. Everyone's really important. Everyone's so like, look how rich they are. They have these. They have these apartment buildings with like gilded elevators. Like I live in like, Missouri, but and it sucks. But not everyone lives in Missouri. No, you know? but like, like we're. I don't know. Was was Baltimore a lot smaller in the eighties than it oh, is yeah. now? Were was well, Chicago was or like other major cities smaller then? Baltimore was, Baltimore was bigger. Was bigger. Mm-hmm. Baltimore, yeah, but but also like it wasn't as important as New York. Baltimore oh, is a Baltimore. lot of just abandoned houses now, which sucks. Like I feel like New York now is smaller than it was in the eighties. Like I like if you think of like if you think of movies in the eighties when they want to show like a big city, they show New mm-hmm. York. They don't even really show Los Angeles. Like, I feel like the mm. 90s is when you started to see movies, like, set in Los Angeles as, like, a big coastal city. But New York was just, like, the hub of, like, Wa- and, like, also Wall Street. Well, yeah. Like, Wall Street, you know, had its all, like, shit in the 80s. There was a connective nature to New York that didn't exist anywhere else in the 80s, I think. Yeah. And that, like, yeah, like, if Like, you... the shit that was in New York and, like, the shit... In New York in the 80s didn't exist literally anywhere else in the country and you couldn't access it yeah other anywhere other than like via going to New York or watching a movie in New York based in New York whereas yeah. now yeah, yeah, yeah. like now you can you know find anything on the internet 
Like, you don't have to go to New York to, like, see a cool, like, underground punk band. Right. Like... We used to have to drive, like, 45 minutes into D.C. to get certain kinds of records or tights or t-shirts yeah. or whatever. And New York had everything. Like, even when I was in college, I remember, like, when we went to New York on, like, a college trip, we went to, like, the village and, like... Went to stores to, like, get bootleg shit. And this is, like, early 2000s. It's not even, like, that long ago. But that shit doesn't even exist anymore. So business-wise, I would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, New York had a sort of power elite that didn't didn't age well, like, in terms of... Representation? Yeah, like, just... If you were watching Working Girl in 88, it was much more exotic, I would imagine. Yes. It was, it was I feel like if you were watching Working Girl in 88, it was much more of like, um, um, holy shit, they escapist. Have com- like, holy shit. Yeah. They're, they're upper echelon. They've got computers. Bless you. And bless you. Like, even, <laughs> like, even if we were in Baltimore watching Working Girl in 1988, it's like, mm. oh, we don't have the stock market here. Yeah. You're like, I can't get that job here. Like nobody was using uh I don't have computers. Terminal to Yeah. I think they had computers in Baltimore in the eighties. Probably not secretaries though. You don't think they had secretaries? I think they had secretaries, but I don't think the secretaries had computers. They also weren't buying and selling like uh, radio like conglomerates. (laughs) That I agree with. What you're saying is a little crazy. I don't know if secretaries had computers in the 80s outside of like big cities like New York or maybe LA or Chicago. I don't know either. Any retired secretaries out there? (laughs) Are you a 70 year old secretary? Let us know. From Baltimore? Think back to the 80s. Hey, Dad, I have a question. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, I just want to, like, text my dad right now. I Actually, I, like, I wonder if Dad would have a good, like, uh, insight into this. He might. Did he work? I don't think he worked in an office building. He didn't Did work he in an office building, but he with, like, worked with... the fucking Bay Bridge? He worked... No, no, he worked, he worked for at with, like, computers, right? Yeah, yeah, he worked with mainframes. Uh, he might actually... All right, I don't we'll, know. We'll, we'll all text we'll our dads back. later. Yeah, we'll yeah. all text our dads. Everyone listening, text your dads. Ask them what it was like in the eighties. <laughs> was New York really that different? <laughs> Holy crap! Just like it's like this making me think of. Um, I've been rewatching all the Friday the Thirteenth movies. I'm sorry. Don't be. They're amazing. <laughs> when was the last time you watched the first couple? Friday I don't know. 13th? I just remember Chris Glover with the yes! flare. Yes. With yeah. the what? The flare? the flare? Or no? Was that Corey Feldman? Shit, I'm Both. forgetting. But the flare, what are you talking about? The Somebody flare? used a flare and shoved it in a dude's mouth. Not either of them, because I just watched Friday the 13th, uh, part four, the final chapter. But Corey Chris Feldman Glover and, and Chris Glover were there. They're both in the fourth one. Okay. And I showed Becca the scene where Chris Glover dances. Was that like I was getting ready for work and you were watching yeah, it? Yeah, it was like 7 a.m. And you were like, What the fuck, John? Like, you were like, I was getting hey, Becca, ready and you had pause. paused it and you were like, I paused this because you have to see this. And I'm like trying to grab my purse and leave the house. And then you show me Crispin Glover dancing. You know, and it have was a good insane. day at work, honey. Yeah, I blew like, your mind, didn't I? Great. We great way to st- room. <laughs> 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 like weirdest sure. image to start my day with. Chris McGlover in Friday the Thirteenth Part Four is amazing. He's pretty fascinating. He's I exactly. He's yeah. He's very fascinating. Working um, girl. Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight. Jason takes Manhattan. Sure. Was I think actually nineteen eighty eight. Was it really? It was the late. It was very late eighties. No. It might be nineteen eighty eight. I'll look no. it up. We're not talking about this movie. I'm just, but I'm talking about New York in the 80s via cinema. Yeah. All right, whatever. Tenuous at best, Jonathan. (laughs) If you watch... (laughs) If you watch Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. It's a terrible movie, but but in an amazing way. Like the like the first hour of that entire movie is them like all the kids on a boat, <coughs> a boat that is a ferry, <laughs> kind of. It's like they start off on Camp Crystal Lake and it becomes unmoored. Okay, you know, and Jason climbs aboard, starts killing everyone. They the boat eventually glides into Manhattan, <laughs> and the kids that are left alive get off the boat, go into Manhattan, and then Jason gets off the boat also and chases them through Manhattan. So the last half hour of this movie, the movie that's called Jason Takes Manhattan, the last half hour is him in actual New York. But it's so fascinating because it's 
specifically like 1980s New York. It's like a New York that doesn't exist anymore at all. Like the first time I ever, first time I ever went to New York was after 9-11. I was, I, uh, really? Yes. The first time I went was before 9-11. Really? And I went in the 90s. Because I went in high school. When it, wait, I went in middle school for the first time. I went in eighth grade. And I remember, you know, not noticing the World Trade Center yeah. at all, because why would I? But after 9-11, I had been flipping through pictures I took on that trip and just seeing it in the background. Ooh. I was like, huh! That's crazy. Like, very prominently in a picture I had taken. I, just, I went every year starting in 91, late 91, because Anne Arundel Community College always had that, like, hey, go to fucking New York. And I would save up, like, two to $300 and buy caribou legs. <laughs> like, well, that's, yeah. That was, I mean, like, 99% of why I wanted to go there. And I'd go to St. I Mark's through, place. I through AACC. And I'd go to Kim's Underground and something music. I yeah, I went when I was... At AACC also because it was the, all the like village. The, the, I just went to the village. The the newspaper that uh, campus crier. Yeah, yeah. We go to Ed de Bevex and get lunch or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it was just a day trip too, right? Um, no, we went for a couple of days. Really? It was a, the the reason I went was like a conference. Oh, it was I like a. I can't remember how long I stayed there. I had a friend there who went to Sarah Lawrence, and uh, I remember spending a weekend there, but. But just like New York in the '90s, where, but, what was this tangent for? Say what? What was the tangent for? The tangent was that the like <laughs> the first time I ever went to New York was in the fucking 2000s. It was after 9 it, like was 2003. That's maybe so sad to be. like it was after 9/11s. First 9/11s. First time I ever went to New York. Oh wait, no, I'm lying. Am I lying? First time I, I have went, no idea. First time <laughs> I went. Keep going. I did not even know you then. First time I went to New York. First time was with Anthony, our brother. I know him. And <laughs> Jesus Christ. And Chrissy, his wife, mm -hmm. and we took like a road trip, but I do think that it was still that was still after 9/11. And we like we went to New York for like an afternoon. But anyway. But that was like the point I'm making well, is I was two in 1988, so I have no context for what New York was like or what any of the rest of the world was like. Like Giuliani was the mayor of New York in like the '90s, and he did the whole like clean up New York thing. He got rid of all the homeless people. <laughs> I don't know where they went. Well, yes, <laughs> like that was his thing. Like Times he... Square used to be strip clubs and shit, or yeah. like like peep booths and shit like that. S oh. Same as like when we went to London and we were at Piccadilly Circus. It was seen. And they're like Piccadilly Circus used to be, just be like strip clubs and peep yeah. shows, and now it's like time. Well, now it's like. <laughs> Current Times Square. Like M&M store and Guy like, Fieri's yeah. American Grill. Like the Apple store and bullshit. Yeah, a bunch of Toys R Us. Um, so it's just crazy. Like when you go to New York now, or even like the first time I went to New York, which is early 2000s, and it's mm -hmm. like kind of family friendly, very corporate. Like it's very corporate, mm -hmm. still very businessy and fancy and shiny. But then you look at the New York from like the 80s, from before it was like cleaned up. Mm -hmm. by Giuliani in the 90s when they, like, I don't know what he did. I just know that, like, everyone credits Rudy Giuliani as, like, making New York not grimy, basically. And so I'm guessing also it probably wasn't, like, a tourist destination like it is now. I think people, it was still a tourist. Did people go visit Times Square just to look at it? I think so. But the 80s? Like, but, I, I truly don't know. But it was, like, less family-friendly. It was kind of like how Vegas was, you know, a lot seedier but people still went to Vegas, whereas, like, now you go to Vegas, and Vegas is, like, a family destination. That's whereas, so like, weird. in the 70s, like, you would go to Vegas, and it's, like, gambling and hookers and strip clubs. Like, don't take your children to Vegas. Yeah. Whereas now it's, like, families go to Vegas. You can still go to Vegas mm -hmm. without a family, but, like, it's the same thing. So, I don't know. I guess the point I was making is Friday the 13th. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know. I, I went in I don't remember the point I was Phantom making. <laughs> you went, wait, what else? Yeah, I went in 1992 and saw Phantom of the Opera. How was New York then? Was it gross? It was fine. I was 12. Was it like Working Girl? <laughs> was it like Working Girl or was it like... Were there a lot of shoulder pads? I remember F.A.O. Schwartz and Aww. Phantom of the Opera. I, when I went in middle school, we saw cats. Nice. <laughs> it's it's interesting to watch New York represented in movies throughout the years because 
I feel like New York in like the 70s and the 80s, you see it and it's like kind of dirty and like even mm-hmm. a working girl, it's like foggy and like kind of gross looking. Yeah. And everything is like, it's like they never had sunlight on a day that they were shooting. Yeah. And then... It's all diffused. It's all diffused. And then like, for some reason that somehow changed and now when you see a movie that's like based in New York, it's like nothing's wet. Like you... <laughs> It's like everything you see, like, like uh, any movies, like even Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters takes place in New York, and like the New York that they show in Ghostbusters isn't like pretty. Yeah, it's like I a mean, gross looking kind of city. Class. I think it's they, working class. And I now, think they just show whatever version of New York they need for a story, for whatever the story is in a given movie. That's why at the beginning of this movie, when they're on the ferry, mm-hmm. I said, like, this looks so smoggy. Is it smoggy on purpose? Like, are they trying to show us that it's, like, dirty and hardworking and it's really not fun or playful? It's just, like, so much fucking work because yeah. it's a movie yes. about working. Look at all the work that Tess had to go through to get mm-hmm. into the city to her job to yeah. work every day. She had to change yeah. her It wasn't fun. Yes. She had to work yeah, She had, she had to, to put up with being groped by Kevin Spacey. Ugh. Yes. She had a lot of shit to go through, so it's Join not the like they're going to show you a pretty version of New York there. Yeah. Kevin's, but they easily could have, even in 88. The Kevin Spacey cameo just fascinates me. It's so weird that now. Watching, watching it with the lens. Very unpleasant. Very unpleasant and very just like, I guess but, that's just Kevin Spacey. But he's an unpleasant character, I don't think so it, it's just I mean, like, I don't think uh, they were just like, hey, ad-lib well, this. No, I think we're I just think looking so. at that now because we know he's gross and horrible. Definitely. But it, it is just like it's weird. Um, it's, it's a, a weird coincidence. It's a, it's a magnified scene. It's a weird coincidence that he's mm. playing like a super creepy, gropey guy who's like, "Oops, I put on porn." Like that's probably what he's actually done, though. See, right. I feel like there are a lot of weird coincidences like that, and I feel like it's just because people are so shitty and people mm. are so used to not being called out for it that well, eventually a shitty plot's going to line up with a shitty person. That's true. <laughs> well, like Aziz Aziz Ansari on Parks and Rec has an entire plot line where he wearing bo- a woman bullies down. Anne into dating him yes. and says, you know, the greatest words are like you, you wore, wore me, me down, down. Yeah. and then is Aziz Ansari a piece of shit? Yeah. God damn it. A, really? a story came out about him literally fucking badgering a woman into sleeping with him oh. and whining and making every excuse he could think of. Like they were on a date and he just like just like badgered her into having sex and then they like kind of had sex and then she left and he was like yeah. whining about it. And she was miserable for feeling pressured into something like that. Yeah, and then but that's literally the entire plot of several episodes of Parks and Rec. And even before that came out about him watching that still sucked. Mm-hmm. Cause that's still that's shit that guys do all the time to women and it's gross and awful. Yeah. And like and so much of that shit when it comes out, you then hear like, ah, it was an open secret. Just like everyone knew. Like everyone knew about Kevin Spacey. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if everyone knew about Izzy's and sorry, but like I'm not sure if I'd be surprised. Apparently everyone uh, you know, uh, mm. everyone knew about fucking Bill Cosby yeah. for decades. Everyone knew about Harvey Weinstein. She's like, all these fucking open secrets. Mm. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. It's just weird in Working Girl how Alec Baldwin's character is sketched out, portrayed. Like, she's dating this guy. The second scene we see him in, he's fucking a <laughs> mutual friend. And then he's just like, but I love you. Come on, come back and hit me. And then he's like, kind of like pissy with her the third yeah, time. Yeah, and then like then he's yeah. mad at her the next yeah. time. He's like, why would he you marry me? He fucking proposes to her, and she like at still someone like, else's engagement. She hangs party. out with him. Like, why did she even talk to him in the first place yeah, that I third don't time? Understand? What's any the point of, of his character at all? And then he's like, hey, like, it's not all about you, bitch. Like, yeah. I mean, like really, dude? Like, yeah. The last time we see him in the movie is him like sulking and walking off into the distance. I mean, it's like. He, I get it that he's like a cartoonish caricature, but it does not age well at all. I mean, I, yeah. guess it's, I guess it's there to like help represent her, you know, graduating. Yeah. Like she's not like. Out of that world. Out of like, she's yeah. not like, you know, kind of New Jersey trashy secretary anymore. Like she takes off her gaudy jewelry. Well, I don't think she it was all hair. about being trashy. Not it was trashy, also about like, like not asserting herself or yeah. doing anything Just for like herself. Picking... Because even though 
Sigourney Weaver turns out to pretty much be a villain. She gives her a lot of really good advice right away in the movie. Which is why I found it so hard to not like her. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver? Yeah, because yeah. like at first I'm just like, oh, she is a mentor. And I'm like, but yeah. why does she keep like having like gross looks? You know, why is she look like a villain the, at the end of every scene? <laughs> I like the weird montage where Melanie Griffith is, what, S-Y-F-ing. S-Y-F-ing. Uh, she's, she's like, like she's still like, in her work skirt and tights, but she's on that fucking exercise bike. And she's just listening yeah. to Sigourney Weaver's to like, notes. notes. And, and she's like learning how to speak them. English. Oh, like, that was weird. Yeah. Like, are that you learning weird. business worlds? I thought she was going to like make phone calls and pretend to be her Here's and like learn her cadence. She but just... then she never does that. She never pretends to be her. She always is Tess. There's one scene. But this is, okay, this is what I super don't understand. It would make more sense if before that in the movie, mm-hmm. she talked like Joan Cusack, where she's like... Which like, she did for like maybe two sentences. Yeah, I feel like she went enough. in and out of it. She, she was, she was yeah. still just like very like soft-spoken. I'm yeah, soft-spoken. she has such a high-pitched I'm voice. I'm a meek woman. But she wasn't like, okay! Like, you know, I, uh, yeah. New Jersey accent. Hello. There's like a few times where she had that accent, but, but then, then it would that one scene. go away. <laughs> she has one scene where she calls someone. She's like, hello, I'm the secretary for Tess. Yeah. And then she's like, hi, I'm Tess. Which, I mean, that was was kind of brilliant. It was kind of brilliant. But the whole thing with the tape recorder would have made a lot more sense if she had been consistently doing that accent up until that point. Exactly. She should have been doing that, like, obnoxious, over-the-top Joan Cusack accent the whole time. Which, speaking of, the scene where she tells Joan Cusack to be your secretary mm. out of nowhere. That's and my then, favorite part of the that's the, best part of the that's the best part of the goddamn movie. But she's like, can I get you anything? Coffee, tea, me. me. And she's like making all these like, like, <laughs> oh my God faces. faces. Yeah. Like every oh, time Harrison her. Ford turns his head, she's like. <laughs> that was incredible. That's the best part of the film. Oh, yeah, and David Duchovny's apparently. Oh, I f- we forgot to go back. David Duchovny has a cameo in this apparently. I'm sure we can find a picture on the internet. Yeah, we will. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. I wasn't impressed with Harrison Ford in this movie. He it's just he not he the role so that Harrison Ford is like. Like it was like he was supposed to be charming, but he wasn't. So I was like, meh. Yeah, I thought he was gonna be like really sharky, but he really wasn't anything. He's was just yeah. kind of there. He was very mediocre, which I don't like as Harrison Ford. No, like it. It's unpalatable. <laughs> it's unpalatable. <laughs> it's like, ugh. yeah, because it's like do one or the other. Should be like super charming Punch or like some fucking Nazis. Super like be a super dick. Be a super dick and then like reform and be charming. I don't know. Yeah. Something. Not like kind of both and then so from the moment I meet you as a character I'm like Ugh. and just break up with Sigourney, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that what did waffling. it take her on vacation to break up with her? That's kind of weird. <laughs> a lot of effort. That's a very strange Especially film. for such a scary woman. Like why yeah. would you want to be alone somewhere away from your home to break up with her? I'd be frightened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of... I feel like we've covered most of this movie. I'm trying to think of other bits that I was thinking of while we were watching it. The hair is ridiculous. The hair is insane. Melanie Griffith's hair gets better. Melanie Griffith's hair starts off crazy awful. Melanie Griffith has 19 hairdos in this film. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like every the, fucking scene. Is every different. time I'm like, "Oh, your hair looks good." This scene, the next scene, I'm like, "Nope." Yeah, it bad got, again. It got bad again, and I'm like, "Oh no, yeah. now it's good again." I'm like, "Nope, no, okay, no, it's bad again." I, I liked it at the very end when she was just casual and it wasn't like blown straight up in the air. Yeah, like that's just the kind the of hung ring- down like hair does. The Molly, yeah, the, the Molly, Molly Ringwald. Ringwald yeah, Molly Ringwald hair looked right. good, and then the hair at the very end was good. Yeah, but then it, like. In between those, it was like There's short but like huge stuff. still yeah. somehow. I don't know. That's what my hair does. That's why I can't grow it out. That is it would not say, what your what, hair does. Well, not, I mean, I don't blow dry it straight up to the sky. <laughs> but like oh, when it should. gets down past my ears, it's so thick it just like grows outward. Like Rosanna Rosanna It's Rosanna awful. Dana. Like what? Rosanna Rosanna Dana? Who is that? Oh my God, hang on. Wait, that sounds oh familiar. What's her name? Rosanna Rosanna? No, but the actress's name. She's dead. Uh, Gilda Radner. Gilda Radner. Oh, yes. Rosanna Rosanna Dana. Well, uh, it was a wig. Yeah. Nora Dunn was in this movie. <laughs> Wait. Oh, I forgot you said that was a person. Who was she? She was the um, severe looking woman with the kind of short hair who was like oh. suggesting what to cater. Yeah. 
<laughs> Becca, yep. Becca. That's exactly what I look like. That is not what her hair looks like. <laughs> oh my god, it's like I'm looking in a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Nora Dunn was the woman in the kind of the beginning of the movie who was like, "This is what you should do for catering." Yeah, and she was like, and "Actually, she's like, you I should. need to." She's use... like, "If you like that, I guess." If you like that, I guess. Yeah, that dim sum scene was pretty fucking funny. That was, that great. was hilarious. There, I mean, like, there were a couple scenes in the movie that were brilliant. Like, there are a couple of scenes that, like, I did actually genuinely laugh out loud or, or think, like, that's amazing. Yeah. Or the, the one scene with Harrison Ford where he did his eye acting. Yeah. He did some good acting. he was, like, acting. looking left, right. Yeah. I mean, like, that I, was I, a good I, choice as an actor, though. Honestly, I think the... the <laughs> Maybe bo- that was the director's choice. You don't know whose choice that's it was. That's true. The, the I bottom don't line... I don't mean to be contrarian. I think the bottom saying. line for this film... Yeah. The bottom line for this film is... If you like Bob's Burgers and you have seen Work Hard or Die Trying Girl, season five, episode one, and you like Die Hard, but you have not seen Working Girl, go see Working Girl because then you'll get four or five extra jokes. You'll get like half the references in that episode. You'll If you've seen Die Hard, you're like, this is a great episode. But then if you've seen Die Hard and Working Girl, you're like, this is a really a great episode. Great episode. Yeah. It's, but also, like, like it's w- a good time capsule movie. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a good, like, what was it like in the 80s and in just, New York? I see to these movies be... now, and I'm like, no one has a cell phone, and everything was simple. Yeah, it's crazy. It, like, it's probably... Lunchables were, like, super fucking, <laughs> like, high tech. Like, oh my god, separate compartments for our cheese and our crackers. Like, it's <laughs> like, that's, that's the pinnacle. There it's... wasn't enough smoking. That's true. Yeah. Right? That's true. There wasn't Catherine enough was smoking. smoking in her office at the beginning. Well, and smoking, that was about it. Like, she took one puff and then she put was an like, entire well, cigarette yeah. out. And she then... like touched the cigarette to her lips for a millisecond and, and then put out a yeah. full cigarette. But, but yeah, right. that's the only time you see there a cigarette. There should be a shit ton more smoking. Weird. And like was all indoors. Really, I mean, like, was there really there? There wasn't that much less smoking in eighty. Like, okay, so I'm people thinking, were smoking like crazy in the eighty. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm thinking of Ghostbusters. When you watch Ghostbusters, everyone's smoking constantly. Everyone is constantly smoking. Fucking Dan Aykroyd has a cigarette hanging out of his mouth through like eighty percent of that movie. Uh-huh. Like, everyone smoked constantly until. 2002. I was going to say, like, late 90s? Yeah. That's a very specific time. I, but, I but, pulled but, that out of my ass. But I mean, like... Okay, so, I like... Like, the cinematically. Smoke, cin- yeah. Cinematically. I feel like when whenever the fuck they stopped allowing you to smoke on airplanes is probably when they stopped showing so much smoking in movies. Yeah, probably. Because airplanes was, like, the first thing to go. And then places like restaurants were, like... Actually, I mean, like, but restaurants I mean, that still still smoking into the early 2000s. that was still way into the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't. The they smoking didn't, Well, yeah, in in bands. bars, in bars, absolutely into well, bars the odds. Definitely in restaurants into the two thousands. Like I, I, did, I really did... only remember like from the nineties being a kid and always having to go to the smoking section with my parents. Even the diner. Like, so I don't really remember. Double T Diner in Annapolis had a smoking room yeah. into the two thousands. Yeah. Yep. I spent a lot of time in the smoking section of Denny's I as remember, a child. I remember. 2007. Like a... Google wow. said in 2007. That makes sense. Banned smoking in all enclosed public places. That does. Okay. That is Crazy. not that long ago. No, no it it's isn't. not. It's only 12 years it's ago. It's not because I remember. Fuck. 2007. No, I remember the. I remember the smoke out the last night. Like literally, I remember going to Red Brick and it was like the smoke out. And they handed out fucking free cigarettes. <laughs> really? Yes. Like there was like there was like, because you... camel reps used to be at bars. Yeah. Like cigarette reps used to be at bars handing out cigarettes. Yeah. Really? But yes. Could you still smoke in restaurants up until that point? Because like maybe not. I know you could smoke in like in bar, bar parts of restaurants, in the but bar I, parts. I just can't remember seeing like, like it, the smoking section, like the fish tank glass, at past least, being a kid. I mean, I honestly, like but maybe Fridays, I just didn't go to two thousand five. I have a memory of two. I, it had to be two thousand five, ish. Nothing to do with because girl. what? <laughs> it's just nothing to do with work working girls. girls. Cigarettes. Uh, my my college girlfriend and I, I remember going to, I don't know why, I just remember that we were at Outback Steakhouse and we went to... Hannah? Fancy date. Claire. Claire. And we were... You can edit that Fancy out. date. Um, I don't give a shit. She can listen to this. Um, what we, up, Claire? We sat in the smoking section of Outback Steakhouse. Like, I remember that was a thing. And that mm-hmm. was in college. So that was like 2005. So, so fucking weird to Maybe 2006. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. But that was like the one and only time I think I actually ever sat in like a smoking section of a restaurant. It I remember very in, gross. In two thousand nine, we went to a Denny's in Tokyo, which sounds real show. 
Uh, and they had a smoking section. Like and it's I kind of impressive, but kind of gross. Back when we <laughs> were in Denny's. Tokyo, Japan. Um, it's still a Denny's. It's still a Denny's. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, I, I can date it because that's the last time we were there. I just remember we went to Denny's uh, and they had that smoking section. And I remember thinking like, this is freaking weird. Like that they still have this shit. In 2009? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and like that was 10 years ago. Like, oh yeah, because I remember, I remember uh, 2007 is when I was living at our mom's house. All right, and I spent like most nights out of the week at Ramshead in Annapolis, and you could smoke in inside. Yeah, and I would smoke inside, and then, <laughs> and then the and then I remember being at Red Brick Station in White Marsh the last like the night before the non-smoking the band the took effect, so and they literally like. They did a smoke out. I think every bar did this. I think every I'm place sure. was like fucking smoke out and like everyone was just chain smoking all night like this is the last time we can ever do this. That's so sad. It's so weird. Sidebar at the Denny's in Japan, they had a fuzzy navel drink on the menu called the Harry Navel. <laughs> it was a mistranslation. I have a photo of it somewhere. So that was the funniest thing. I'll have the Harry Navel. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Anyway. But well, yeah, they, they had like a smoking section in it, and it was like a fish tank. Yeah. And like a yes. smoky fucking fish tank. That's what I remember tank. it looking like was a fish tank. Yeah. In airports. That's what I remember is like in airports you'd walk down the terminal and there would be one room that was like fogged. Yeah. Because it was people But smoking. like you're right, working girl, you don't really see a lot It was like that one scene. Smokes. Yeah. Were they smoking in the bar when they celebrated Joan Cusack's engagement? I don't, I don't remember. Know. I don't feel like I, I remember, remember. Pe- seeing people. Yeah. I feel like I saw more people smoking in Die Hard, which was the same mo- the same year. Mm-hmm. There's more people smoking in that movie. It must have just been an incidental slash accidental type of thing. Yeah. Where... But anyway, yeah. So it like time capsule wise, like I'm probably not gonna watch Working Girl again, but it's an interesting movie to watch as like a what was it like in 1988 in the in New York to be a secretary like all this shit yeah it's an interesting it's like it's a it's a look into a world that doesn't exist anymore it just seems so funny that like people's jobs were that mm-hmm. because like the technology we have now we're like none of this shit like you could do the stuff that took them a week to do we do in like the, the morning on monday yeah i feel like but I mean, like just the technology of working girl where you're like yeah like i don't know why how is this taking so goddamn long how did things exist like how do people get anything done i don't know what do people... they sent a messenger yeah <laughs> i, I have to wait a whole day for a reply there must have been more jobs what a nightmare i think there are the a lot more menial jobs Menial jobs, yeah. I mean, a lot of, well, yeah, a lot lot of that stuff, messengers, that's all replaced by computers. Thanks, Reagan. (laughs) I don't know. Thanks, technology, man. Just jobs in the 80s. Cut to 10 years from now when all of our jobs are being taken (laughs) over by automated fucking Microsoft applets. Yeah. And we're like, "Mm." AI is making all the movies. I was going to say, Adobe Premiere is getting really good at doing shit that I can do. (laughs) I'm like, uh oh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know when to figure this out. Well, I feel like we probably said all there is to say about Working Girl. Any last thoughts? I'm a coffee's all I get. <laughs> How am I gonna get ahead? <laughs> I really think Working Girls only function now at this point is Bob, through it's Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers. It kind of is. Like I never would have watched it. No, but aren't you glad you did? No, I am. It, like it just fleshes out. Yeah. A bunch of Bob's Burger jokes. Definitely. Well, and like, and also it helped me see um, Harrison Ford and Sigourney Weaver in a different light. Speaking of, our light just turned Why? off. Yeah, I don't know what happened. It's on a timer. Ghost. Okay. It's on a timer. Well, ten fifty. Seems like the ghost is about to come in. So <laughs> turn on the surveyor lamp. What? You ready? You ready for a surprise? Is it going to not work like oh, Alexa it's... does? <laughs> God damn it. Every time we're like, Alexa, turn off the lights, she's like, I don't know that song. Like, God damn it. Oh my God, it's not even fucking working. So that was working, girl. So hey Siri, turn on the surveyor lamp. <laughs> In the 80s, you'd have to walk over to that lamp yourself. I know. In the 80s, you'd light a cigarette. 
pound some tequila <laughs> yeah. and go turn that Take light on valium. with your finger. Take a Valium and go turn that light on. <laughs> to go to the damn home app. Well, that's it button. for this episode. Thank you guys for joining us. There Yay. we go. Yay. The, the lamp's light, on. The lamp's on. Push the button. Thank you, Jason and Lisa, for being on another episode of Movie Club. Thank you for having us. Thank you. We'll, we'll do it again for, uh, I know we talked about Roadhouse. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've never seen Roadhouse. I'm very excited. And as we discovered tonight, these two haven't seen motherfucking Inglorious Bastards and Django Unchained. Yeah. So that might be a good double feature. I mean, like a 10-hour-long double feature. <laughs> oh, yay. We'll figure it out. We'll do it later. Right. Okay. Those, that's not 10 hours. It's like three, it's four like, and a half. It's like six. Seven. <laughs> it's no more than six. It's no more than six. Newsroom? Newsroom? Oh, Broadcast, broadcast news. news. Broadcast News. Yeah, you haven't seen that one either. Yeah. All right. We'll be back. That's a Have you ever seen Scarface? No, I haven't. I haven't either. Get out. I swear. I don't think that it's good. Oh, Lisa's giving <laughs> the wrap it up sign. We're getting everybody. the wrap up signal from Lisa. So thanks for listening. And we'll see, we'll see you next time on Movie Club for whatever the next movie that we're going to do is because we don't know ever. Yeah. But uh, it'll be something awesome. So thank you. Bye. 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 Oh no, we're a bunch of secretaries from New York held hostage in Nakatomi Tower. Shush! I'm Carl, the one with beautiful hair. I'm Hans Gruber. Consider yourself groomed. Tess McGill can't let a bunch of terrorists ruin her dream. I hope the police come soon. I'll blast her John Glenn's feet. I'm Agent Johnson, and I'm Agent Johnson, and we're from the FBI. Just be a local cop, will you guys back off me? Things are getting pretty tense. Does anybody want coffee? You know, we're not so different, you and I. We're both ambitious, Hans. Tess McGill, you've stolen this Groover's heart. Like, like I'm stealing these bearer bonds. I cracked the code. So here's the bearer bonds, which is the same as money, I guess. Hey, let's make that radio deal. Hip hop. Hip hop. Just go with it, they love it. No. Is that two rows of teeth I'm feeling? My baby teeth never fell out. And Jerk Trainer and I are a couple now as well, so that's good. Hip hop, hip hop. Huh, you're feeling love's great power, but now I gotta put you off the tower. Now come here, go get you. Come on. Ah! I'm so bad about my brother, so I tell you about it. No. If only there was a place where we could all be happy and not get killed. Maybe there's a tower somewhere up above. God, Carly Simon? Who? Oh, sorry. You, know, you, you look like Carly Simon. You look like Carly Simon. Oh, it's a compliment. Back off. Sorry, jeez. I smell a Tony, which is also what it happens to be when I call my farts. Work hard! Or die trying, girl! Ooh, you work hard to die!